Get some recipes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can't believe you've done this. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming life's challenges. The Evolve community is your ultimate destination for personal growth and evolution. True to form, I'm, I get to continue to be the dumbest person in the room. That's fantastic. Thank you. Did you ever get a, uh, a quantum physical uh, explanation for how to uh, bake a meatloaf from a porn star? Bake a meatloaf from a porn star? So, Kim, like we were talking about earlier, we'd love to have our guests tell uh, our listeners what is inspiring them. Is there some music you're listening to? Is there a person in your life? Is there a book? What is inspiring Kim Wells right now? <laughs> it's a very good question. I think for me, it's hearing people's stories. That has been a kick that I have been on for probably the last year to two years. And I just love understanding the, the way people are creating and the stories that, that created the things that they're coming from. So whether it's a musical artist that has a powerful song that I really love, I love listening to their interviews. I want to know what they went through, what experiences they had for a song that came out. And there was just, there was just a short one recently um, with Dan from Imagine Dragons wrote this beautiful song. It just came out on their latest album. And then he posted about what had happened in his life. And he talked about the separation from his wife and they were heading down this course of divorce. And there was this moment where she called him. It was the day they were signing their divorce papers. She called him, they met for lunch, they talked, they, and they reconciled. It was this, this wow. moment where he was losing his whole family. They reconciled and from, and they're together now. They just had another baby this last year. Wow. And he, this powerful song came from the turmoil of that life experience. And so it's things like that. It's, it's figuring out these heads of companies, these nonprofits, these businesses, these, these ways that people are showing up often come from this place of pain where they have chosen to use something unexpected that really knocked their feet out from underneath them as, as a place to give back in some form or another. And I, I love those stories. They inspire me greatly. Yeah. What a, what a great perspective. You know, it's interesting. I've thought oftentimes as an artist that you read about the tortured artists, whether they are painters, uh, musicians. And, and I questioned myself at one point and I thought, do I really want to be an artist? Because it sounds like a horrible life. I mean, they're <laughs> going through pain and heartache. And especially if you're a country music singer, I mean, you can't write a song unless you've lost your dog and your truck broke down. And then something hit me where, you know what, that's just life. Life happens to us. And I think what artists do is they take life and they turn it into something that becomes beautiful. We all experience pain. We all experience heartache at uh, certain moments, but the artist is the one that uh, kind of transmutes that and pushes beyond it to create something that's beautiful. So what a, what a great inspiration. Yeah. It's just this idea of, for some reason, I feel like in this country that like art is not very high 
on the list of things that are absolutely necessary for people because yes. art provides a conduit for all kinds of emotional disruptions, whether they're breakups, whether they're happy things, whether they're depressions and things like that. And art is like mm. this conduit where you get to see it, but we don't, we don't force that on people. We, we, we kind of think of art as this kind of secondary thing that really has not a lot of meaning. And, and, and it just actually disappoints me because you hear these tremendous stories of people who somehow find art. You don't have to be a professional artist. Just the fact that you have this toy to manipulate and get to see yourself and your emotions and what you're going through. And I just, it just kind of saddens me that it's not a higher priority in, in, in our culture. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you talk about that, that, um, you know, it, well, a couple of things. One, you don't have to be a professional in order to create. Uh, there is, there's an account on Instagram. I'll have to find it, but it's a, I believe it's a Korean couple, a, ma, a grandma and a grandpa that just started drawing pictures for their uh, grandkids because they, you know, they lived on a, another continent and they couldn't see their grandkids and they started creating this art for them and they've become very popular. I can't even remember how many followers they have on Instagram, but it's yeah. unbelievable to see what they've created. The other thing too is, I think that there is a, um, I heard something recently that said that all art is expression, but not all expression is art. And when you hear things on the radio today, you're hearing people express themselves, but I don't think it's necessarily in a um, artistic way. I'm, I've certainly got my opinions about some of the popular music that's out there and some of the things that uh, are getting promoted in our, in our day and age um, that I don't think are very artistic expressions, uh, but we'll talk Cardi B and some other things later. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, folks, uh, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. Reading poetry to the stars and to the ladies in the bars in Oberlin, Ohio, is the poet laureate himself, W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. Uh, thank you, Steve. I actually thought you were going to say that that was Gimbley. I was like, <laughs> reading poetry in bars? <laughs> yeah, Kim, Kim's hanging out in the bars in Oberlin, Ohio. Oh, and uh, wondering apparently... why the lonely man in the car next to me is uh, where, at the stoplight is wearing a mask, pull it down to drink, and then pulls it back uh, up so that he can continue on driving by himself. In Utah, I'm Steve Cutler. Today, our guest is Kimberly Wells. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are really excited to have you. Now, Kimberly Wells is a champion for healing and a believer in the mind-body-soul connection. With a degree in psychology, her license in massage therapy and advanced training as a yoga teacher and trainer, Kim has learned that we progress furthest when we understand and work on each of these aspects in our lives. Recently, Kim was inspired to overcome her own challenges by creating what she calls Fabulous Female Fridays, where she interviews women of all different backgrounds and experiences uh, in the art of rising up. Learning and hearing from extraordinary women, how they dealt with incredibly difficult uh, challenges and are now using these challenges to overcome and create beautiful lives through it all, or what inspire Kim Daly. Uh, Kim Wells, it's an honor to have you. Thanks for joining us on anything but fabulous and certainly not female. And well, let's be honest, it's not even Friday, but uh, we're grateful you joined us today. 
Uh, well, I'm very happy to be here with you, Steve, and with Miles. You're two of my favorite men who I've personally gleaned so much from in my own life. So it truly is an honor and it feels like such a, an exciting and both a safe space to be here. And I'm just, I'm very grateful. That's great. Well, we appreciate you and we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, I think Miles and I, we're, we're really looking forward to this conversation. So you, you've started, Kim, this great segment uh, that you do from your Instagram account that you call uh, Fabulous Female Fridays. And for those that are not following you, it's Finding Healing Within. Is that right? That's the Instagram That's account? Correct. Yep. So Is that our next t-shirt? Which one? Fabulous Female Fridays. Oh, we should make that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so can you tell our <laughs> listeners what Fabulous Female Fridays is all about? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, Fabulous Female Friday was something that, that came to me literally on a Friday. I was, I was in my home. And one thing that I had been thinking about lately in my life at that point, it was about a year ago, um, was this, this overwhelming feeling of gratitude for women who had shown up to their trials and had in turn turned around and specifically helped me in some of the challenges that I was going through. And it just, it, it's created something inside of me where I just really wanted to highlight women, ordinary girl next door, yet extraordinary women and how how they showed up to their life, the challenges that they had, the things that really broke them, that twisted them up, that created this opportunity for growth and how they came out of it. And so in that moment, again, it was just a Friday that the phrase came to me, fabulous female Friday. I have this piece of art down in my room next to my bed that a survivor of sex trafficking had drawn. And her name's Kim Cotrins. And I just, I grabbed that piece of art. I went outside, I had my phone and I just sat outside and highlighted her. I told her story a little bit about the childhood abuse that she had gone through. And, you know, we talked about art a little bit, like these, these beautiful murals that she had done of women in this ray of light. I saw and, that. Yeah. Oh, it's such a beautiful yeah. piece. It's an inspiring yeah, I, piece. Yeah, and I saw that one. So I told her story and she now she's creating right now, this, this home for complex trauma, because that's an area that seems to be missing is there's a lot of great therapy. There's a lot of great healing, but for people that have been through really severe complex trauma, it seemed like there wasn't very much help and hope. So she's working on that. She's just this incredible woman. And so I highlighted her and then I thought, okay, this is, something I want to do. I want to give a platform and a place for people to tell their stories and for us all to glean because we, we go through different things. Our challenges often aren't the same yet. The stages that we go through with trials, the, the stages of grief, essentially that denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, those are things we all have to show up to. And then whether we choose to let our challenges destroy us and, and take us down, or how do we rise up? How, how can we become out of that was, was something that became really powerful. And so I just started interviewing 
women and they were women of all different ages, different backgrounds, education, you know, religious, all different, all different kinds. But, um, my gosh, it was like, it was so powerful. It's still so powerful. I love, it's one of my favorite things to do is tell women's stories, like, or give them the platform to tell their own stories and the strength and the wisdom that comes out of those individual circumstances is, is amazing. So relatable. Yeah. And you've really, you've interviewed a wide variety of people. And I think like you talked about before, I mean, these are not, uh, this is not some Academy Award winning actress. This is not, uh, you know, some princess uh, sitting in front of Oprah. These are everyday people uh, like our listeners that I think creates a relatability because as you said, people from all different walks, all different backgrounds, different religious perspectives, and there is a, a sense of relatability there to this to this messaging. So it, this all started with you kind of meditating on this painting, on this uh, picture. And then what made you say, hey, I want to shift from telling that particular story to having other people come on and tell their story or facilitating the storytelling? That's a great question. I think, um, I think as women, we love to share and we love to talk and we grow so much in that space. We're very communal. And so I think, I think a lot of times women can be sacrificing for other people. It's something that can be ingrained in our culture that we give and give and give for other people. And oftentimes, especially if a woman's gone through any kind of abuse in her life, her voice has really been hindered. It's been taken out and she hasn't been able to use it. And so to literally create a platform that says your story is worthwhile, your challenges matter, the way you've risen up is inspiring. You are incredible just the way that you are and, and giving women this opportunity to, to share, to think about the things that they have been through, to be able to express themselves and to share the things that are on their heart. And that's one thing I'd always say to women is I want to hear what's on your heart. What are the things that feel the most important to you at this time of your life? What would you want people to know? And, and how can we all show up better for each other? Like what would have really helped you or what did help you when you were in the thick of your struggle and women love to show up for each other. And Mm -hmm. I think that was really cool. Sometimes I would get that pushback of, well, my story doesn't really matter. I really haven't been through anything that's special. Someone's had it harder than me. Someone, you know, we have that comparative suffering and it was always like, well, first of all, we don't compare. Everyone's been through hard things, but what is it? What's the message that you would like get out? How did other people show up for you? And, and what were the, what were your takeaways? And people just, women showed up to that. And it's been so Cool. And oftentimes, so some of these people were people I knew really well. Others were people that I'd found or had inspired someone else. And I got the reference for it, but I always was learning different things. I was always, and you probably feel this too, you guys, when you do your interviews, you just have these insane aha moments. Right. Yeah. When people share, it just, it became really, really cool. And so 
Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm hearing something from you, Kim, that I think is, is important to point out. You're talking about sharing, and I think that that's an important piece. But it, it, what I'm hearing as well is that there, and, I, and I've seen this uh, in my coaching that I've done, where there's a tendency to discount. There's a tendency to discount, oh, I haven't been through something that important, or my struggle or what I learned is not that important. And I think what's really phenomenal about what you're doing is you're not just providing a space for women to tell their story, but you're also reinforcing that the story and the experience really matters. You're reflecting back to them something that I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I, I see this with women and men, but I probably see it more with women where they tend to discount and they say, well, I'm not that important. Or I didn't, I, you know, what I went through wasn't that important. And you're reflecting back that no, your voice does matter. And what you're saying does matter. It is important. Um, talk, talk about some of the, I know you mentioned aha moments that you had, but what, what are some aha moments that have come from you reflecting back the importance of a person's message? What, what did your guests or what have your guests gotten from that? What's some of the feedback there? Well, I will, let me back up a little bit. I think, um, with that idea of telling stories and being a support to people, I think sometimes when we're going through our biggest challenges, it's, it tends to be some of the most isolating periods of our life. And when we've never seen yeah. our story played out through somebody else, it's why things like representation are so important. Like having people and their stories highlighted in the media, having protagonists in a story that are, um, a minority group and a minority experience are so important. But when we see our story played out, it encourages us. And the visual that came from me also when I was going through this process was this, this visual of showing up and doing a Tough Mudder race. And I don't know if you guys have done one of those before or Spartan, but these these big groups, these obstacle courses, super challenging. But I remember doing one with some of my girlfriends and the strong visual that came to me was there's this portion where there's this huge wall you have to get over the top of mm, and yeah, you show this. up. Yes. And I, I don't remember the name of it, but you show up and literally, I mean, maybe if you're a crazy Supreme athlete, you can do it on your own, but for mm -hmm. the most part, you're showing up there are people on the bottom hoisting you up over the wall. There's yeah. people on the top with their hands down and they pull you up and then you flip around and everyone did this instinctively. You turn around and then you're putting your hand down and you're helping up the next person. Yeah. And it just feels like that's how life is. And one of the most important things that started coming through in people's stories was a struggle that existed because they did not see their story represented. They did not know where to get act like answers from. Um, there was one woman, Shari that shared, and she talked about going through this really crazy medical condition with her daughter that, that bank like bankrupted them. Basically, um, they, they both had great jobs. They had all these different things, but their medical bills, got to the point where they lost their house. Mm, and wow. she was like, I had nobody to turn to. Like, I didn't know anybody. Nobody was talking about losing their house. And she's like, I, ha I, had, I had no idea how to show up to this. I had no idea 
what to do because we had no consumer debt. You know, it's not that they were spending irresponsibly in their life. It was literally this medical situation and she didn't know what to do. I had another girlfriend, Emily share about this uh, medical situation with her daughter. And she was like, we had, it was an autoimmune thing. She's like, we had nowhere. We didn't know where to go. We had no person to turn to people weren't talking about this. We didn't know. And so I just think it's when people are brave enough to share their story, when they're brave enough to share their struggles, their imperfections, um, the hard things they've been through, it brings so much strength and whether or not your struggle is the exact same thing that that person went through, you, you see yourself, you see someone overcome, you see someone face something and you're hearing their story and going, I don't know how that person's going to get through that. And then you hear how they get through that and you go, mm. okay, that person got through that. I can get through this. If they showed it's up, almost like it opens up good. that window into the soul, that vulnerability yes. that we all have. Yes. And it, like you said, we may not be going through the same thing, but there is a part of all of our souls when we deal with challenge, that part of me that deals with the challenge is the same part of you that deals with the challenge. And we see that and it resonates almost like there's the same frequency there. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I think that, I think, what what we're seeing and and just really fast as a 62 year old man has traveled around a lot one thing i've noticed from new york to salt lake city the women that i know there's a tremendous proportion that are doing this kind of work you know this is it this is utah it's new york it's california relationships that i have with people and i've noticed that there's a large percentage of women who are doing this kind of wellness to help women get their stories out, to talk about their experiences. Um, they're more social. Uh, and, and honestly, I think this train, I think men need to get on this train and start to take a message from women because men traditionally suffer in silence. Yeah. And if we've got this large group of women who are sharing and telling their stories and you start to realize I'm connected to this larger human existence. Yeah. And so I see that a lot. That was going to be my, my question to you is across the board, you know, um, I know a ton of women in New York city, African-American women who have their own um, Instagram pages and podcasts and they're dealing with the exact same things as women in Utah and friends of mine in California. And it's just like a trend. And how I would just like to hear you speak to that across the board, because this is a large, this part of a large movement. And I don't know if people recognize it as a movement. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think this ability, um, even just seeing what you guys have created on your Evolve podcast this last year, what I'm doing, people are creating these opportunities to be vulnerable. I have another friend that started a podcast this year. That's all about discussing mental health in the entrepreneurial space. And mm. he addresses that idea of being a new entrepreneur, people sharing this idea that you have to be on all the time. You have to be strong all the time. Mm. And in the background, you're breaking down because there's no space to be vulnerable. There's no space to be yeah. honest because you're selling yourself, right? You're trying to get a business off the ground. And I think 
you know, there's a lot of complaint and for a good reason in social media in general of this idea of perfectionism and having to be on. But I think people are pushing back on that now. And you're seeing this yeah. movement of, of showing imperfect bodies, of showing imperfect lives, of showing that authenticity and trying to figure out what the balance is with that, because, because you want to share Brene Brown said it really good. She does all those studies about vulnerability and, and she, she shared this idea of not being vulnerable. Doesn't mean that you show up and you just word vomit everything you've ever been through (laughs) to everybody, you know, that feels, we all know what that feels like when a stranger comes up and overshares and it's like not helpful for anybody. And you, even the sharer kind of walks away feeling more exposed than helped. Um, but she talked about building trust and finding communities of support. And I think, you know, we, we have good examples of it with, um, like addiction recovery groups. Um, there's great support systems for men and for women where you get to go and show up and talk. I was part of a, of kind of a trauma with divorce group this last year was I, when I was going through my divorce and, the opportunity to show up into a space with women who had experienced the same things in their marriage that I had. It was very, it felt very safe. It also helped me feel like I wasn't alone and it gave me the tools to not stay stuck in what I had been through. And I just think that people are recognizing whatever your struggle is, childhood trauma, abuse, addiction, like, you know, all these different things, there are groups and there are places and people are finding a need. And what's really cool and something that I saw a lot, you guys will have to tell me how you felt with your interviews, but I felt like a lot of women, when they chose to rise up and come out of it, they actually served in the place that broke them. Mm. So for example, one of my first interviews was this girl, Becca Beecham, and she went through divorce and some domestic violence and she's an artist. And part of her art, she gives back to an abuse shelter in her local community. And she goes and offers help and support. And she works with women who've been through what she's been through. I look at one of my interviewers was Becca Egan, and she really struggled with anorexia and eating disorders. And that has a ton of shame around it. And she, instead of like hiding in her shell, pretending like it never happened, she started an Instagram page called the fueled body where she educates and expresses and talks about what it looks like and feels like so that women that are struggling in that same space feel loved, feel like they're not alone, feel like there can be hope and you can get through that. And so her vulnerability from her broken space is now serving other people. So with, Mm. I don't know, my question back, like with you guys watching these people do amazing things in your interviews, have you seen any of that where, where people specifically have shown up and served from their brokenness or their broken experience? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that, I think it's a pretty common theme that if you've had a a challenge in life or if you've been, um, going through something that you've had to really work hard to evolve past as soon as you get there. And I think your, your example of the tough mutter is a great example that when you get to the top and you're not necessarily even over the other side, you do want, you, you have this innate desire to reach down and help to pull others up with you. So, uh, I mean, 
I think a perfect example that uh, jumps into my mind was uh, Todd Sylvester. We had him on one of our first few episodes and Todd was a guy that suffered through addiction and um, oh, yeah. recovered yeah. from that and has dedicated his entire life. I mean, this guy's got over, um, I don't know what he's at now, maybe 150,000 downloads on his podcast. He's written th- two or three books. He counsels people daily on it. And I, I think that's a natural thing. Um, I, but I do think, you know, to Miles point that there is, there's a movement, but I think there probably needs to be even more of a movement. So I love that you're doing this, Kim, with women, because I think women and men need this. You know, I, I'll tell just briefly, there was a, a few years ago, uh, probably four or five years ago, where I got together with a couple of friends of mine from high school. We stayed in touch, but the reality is we'd only gotten together maybe once or twice a year, even though we lived almost, you know, right next door to each other well, you know they're like one city away and so we took a trip um together and we were hanging out in zion and we're just having some deeper conversations that tend to happen when you're hanging out with old friends and after this weekend we're driving home and something just hit me and i looked at them and i said guys we're idiots we live 20 minutes from each other and we get together once or twice a year what the hell is wrong with us and uh, they looked at me like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I said, we're not doing this anymore. Like, we're not, we're not going to do this whole once or twice a year bullshit. We need each other. We have not been there for each other. We haven't shown up like we need to. So at least once a month, we're, we're getting together and we're going and doing dinner. And then fast forward about a month later, I thought the same thing. And I'd reached out to Miles and one of our other friends and said, hey, I've got an idea. Why don't we get together? We'd like to talk about concepts and ideas and let's get a book club together. And the funny thing is, is once Miles and uh, Casey Ruff and I started on this book club, I used to get mocked and ridiculed on that nonstop. They're like, oh, you got your man book club. That's cute. Or if I would go out to dinner with my uh, my buddies from high school, I, you know, they would be call it the mandate to try and like, uh, you know, shame this. And, and I know it was all yeah. in jest, but at the same time, it, it, to me, that was weird because it's like, no, these are friends and we are creating a tribe and a support system around things that we love. And I think yeah. we, we need to normalize that, whether it's on the, the male side or the female side, you know, we all need that tribe. And I think what you're talking about, Kim, of hearing people's stories and you're seeing the vulnerability there and people can see what is um, what's real and what's raw when people show up that way, it connects with other people. So talk about something that maybe has surprised you. What has been we always learn and grow, but what's something that has surprised you in this process of interviewing women and uh, helping them to share their stories. I think I, there's a couple of things that really popped out to me. One, when you listen to people tell their stories, you really do see the journey that people go on. There really is this denial, pe- like this denial period at the beginning of any trauma, whether it's health, financial, relational, spiritual, um, that really knocks people out and, and how people show up to that and the struggle, there's an anger that comes with it. Oftentimes, especially if it's a situation that you can't change. I remember 
specifically. And this, this, this thread came through like in every single interview. And it was something that I experienced in my own. I can remember when I was in the middle of deciding if I was going to end my marriage and what I was going to do. I can remember this moment where I was in the kitchen. It was in the middle of the night. It was probably like one or two in the morning, literally like my back against the wall, sliding down the wall, sobbing and having this anger come over me. That was like, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't fair. This isn't what I want. This isn't, I don't deserve this. I did everything right. And it was really interesting when I'd listen to people's interviews, there was always this, like, I tried to do this, right? (laughs) How did I lose my house? When I focus on doing good financials, how did I lose my marriage? When I was the one showing up to therapy and I was the one doing the right thing. How did I lose my health when I was the one going regularly to the doctor and taking my vitamins? It's like this, why me kind of thing. And then, um, it's a, it's a very common reaction though. We, uh, I think we all go through that. Yeah. No, like, cause we don't, we don't want to go through pain and especially when it feels like it's not fair. And then I remember, and then the, you know, the bargaining, the depression and the acceptance. And I will just say for me going through my trial, I actually had this aha moment and it was, it was really interesting again, this is a common thread that came through people's interviews. I, but I personally had this feeling of why not me instead of it being why me, I don't deserve this. Like, this is so terrible. It was like, life happens and why not me? I, Mm, I can, I can do this. I can do this. I have an amazing support system. I've gone through so many different life experiences that have put powerful tools in my tool belt. I can come out of this. I'm going to be okay. Why not me? And it was really cool to hear these women's stories. And again, some of these women are speaking from a place of, I had a challenge and I'm over it. And I learned this and, and things are good. Other women are speaking from a place of very much still in the thick of it and maybe something like a terminal terminal illness that it will never change. Like they, they will be taken from this life with what they're struggling with. And still there was this idea, there's a piece that comes that acceptance that last stage of grief of, okay, maybe this isn't what I expected or what I wanted, but I can create a beautiful life in this space this won't take me out. And there comes a point where you really do choose. Am I going to let this challenge take my life from me? Or is my life going to be incredible? It's just going to be different than what I thought. And that really is a choice. And it's, and it's a hustle. Like you have to choose and fight for that and create that in your life. And that's one thing that every single one of these women showed up to. And I remember even Celeste Morgan, she's the creator of days. Hang on right there for just a second. I, 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 I'm going to apologize and be super rude and interrupt you for a second because mm-hmm. you said something that I want our listeners to pick up on. Okay. You said that in this process that you've got to, you've got to struggle. You got to be scrappy. You got to like, how did you say that? It was something <laughs> I, there was just something there where it resonated with me because when you're talking about stories, the stories we see, are on Instagram where people are taking the perfect picture, right? Or you're watching a movie 
and that movie gets edited to to fit a certain timeline and you don't see the grit you don't see the struggle you don't see the bloody knees and the tears coming down the face you don't see the ugly cry you don't see the uh the torture that's going on in somebody's heart and soul you don't see that you just see oh everything's good you know the superhero shows up and saves the day or you know the, the the really difficult situation we joke and we laugh and all of a sudden in 30 minutes it's made better but yeah i think you hit on something there kim when you're talking about telling a story that the part of the story that is the most interesting is when you reach the crux of it that the most difficult part but that's oftentimes the thing that we don't want to tell too yeah and that's where it gets real. And I think that the wisdom you just shared, I want our listeners to hear that, that that's where the relatability comes. Because all too often, I think people look at successful people in life, whatever it is, successful in a relationship, in a yeah. uh, business, finances, and they say, well, I'm not that. But they don't see what it took in the middle of the night with the struggles. And I think that's an important part. Yeah. So my apologies to interrupt you on the on your story. I want to hear the rest of your story, but I just want to make sure we made that clear that every part of growth, every part of evolution in life, it gets gritty. It's it's dirty, it's heavy, and it's not easy. Yeah. I I I don't think you get to that resolution or that peace that where you just make peace with what is until you've hit that breaking point, those, that pleading with a God, that pleading with the universe, that, that fight that just destroys you. And then, and choosing to cut, I mean, this, again, like these stories that came out of this, this, I don't know, like just the fight and the realness of it all. And I, and it's what you said, it's the part people, it's the most painful. It's the most vulnerable. It's the hardest part. Cause you're right. We like to show the, and then we figured this out and it all has a happy ending, yeah. but it's like, yeah. that's not relatable <laughs> when I'm in the thick of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, one of my, um, one of my girlfriends, she was one of my fabulous female Fridays. She was just a couple years ahead of me in her divorce. And she was managing it so beautifully. Like I just, she was like the poster child of how I wanted to get through my divorce. She was a businesswoman. She was providing for her kids. She created this beautiful life. She's gorgeous. You know, she's all these things. And um, one day I was out with my son and we had made, we had made cookies and we just decided to drop some off to her late one night. It was our last stop. And, um, and we dropped it off. He ran up and rang the doorbell. It's like one of his favorite things gotten back in the car. And I got a text from her and she's like, I can't believe you just dropped those by. I just lost my job. Like I'm, I'm really struggling. And we turned around and we went back and I sat with her and I watched my hero. She's my hero. Sob her eyes out. She did not know how she was going to make her mortgage payments. She did not know how she was going to provide for her kids. Like she like all these struggles, she's so real about them. And I got, she allowed me to be in that vulnerable place where she was broken, where she didn't have all the answers, where she didn't know how, where she was going to go from it. And then like, you know, following up, she got this 
incredible job. Like she did not let it take her down. She acknowledged it. She owned the moment where she just was lost in it. And then she moved on. Like she, she hustled, she figured it out. She did what you need to. And, um, I was listening to a great podcast this week and she talked about, um, massive action versus passive action. Mm. And it was how she worded. It was really powerful to me because I think there are the things in our life. Passive action would be, you know, how we, we learn like, oh, you know what? I don't really know how to get through this, this trial. So I'm going to learn everything that I can. I'm going to listen to the books. I'm going to study up on this disease. I didn't know I had, I'm going to figure out how to get through, you know, and, and we kind of gain wisdom and knowledge. All of it's really good. But then there's this massive action where it's like, well, you can learn everything that you want, but if you're not willing to enter the ring and get the crap kicked out of you, as you figure out how to, how to get back up, I can learn all the things in the world about, oh, how do you overcome, you know, divorce? And how do you, how do you show up to forgiveness and all these things? But unless I show up in the ring and I'm living the principles that I've been studying and failing at, like, that's the other thing too. You have to be willing to fail. Right. It's not going to look good all the time. You're not going to do a great all the time, but when you show up and you like, I, I mean, what you said, Steve, just that idea of getting scrappy, that's where you learn and you grow. And, you know, the people in the ring are the ones making the biggest difference for themselves and for everybody else. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, um, and Steve, you, you, you're familiar with what I'm about to say, but um, <clears throat> there's a, to me, there's a cosmic existence and there's a cultural existence. Mm, yeah. And your cultural existence, you can be destroyed. You lose your family, you lose your, 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 your job, your house. All those things are cultural. They can be destroyed. Your cosmic existence, unless you have some type of terminal, something that's going to actually take your life, if, if it's not that, Cosmically, you can't be destroyed because cosmically it's just your existence. Your existence. If somebody walked into my apartment right now and said, you got to get the fuck out. And they picked me up and they threw me on the streets and I had nothing. I would still be right there. Yeah. And that's, that's the cultural existence. The cosmic existence of how we exist cannot be destroyed. And I think when people have the breakdowns that, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny when listening to Kim, um, <clears throat> I had my moments when my divorce, I beat up my car every morning driving the lifetime. And once I got through it, I started to realize I'm still here. And Kimberly, you said something really interesting about you realize, wait a minute, I got the tools to get through this. And so once you realize you've got those tools and that you're still standing after build after the building has crumbled, you realize, oh, okay, this is how I survive. And then you start building again. Yeah. And I think we all go through that. I think we all go through that. Oh, hundred percent. I love what you said, Miles, because I, I don't think we get to escape this life existence without learning that. And that gets learned on all different situations and experiences. But I think that's where we really recognize ourselves and other people's stories is when they share that moment, that aha moment that they're still standing, that they're okay. And that, 
okay, like I can, I can keep going. And I, to, to what you said, I love my favorite word in Sanskrit, which is, you know, our language of yogis, um, is Purusha. And it means the unchanging divine within it's my Mm. favorite. And it's that knowledge that. that no matter what we go through in this life, no matter what gets thrown at us, it, it can't touch our true selves. It does right. not alter yeah. who we really are. And we, we got to learn that. That's one of those lessons that we get to learn in this life experience is that. And then from that knowledge, okay, now we're, what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Tim, when you talk about that, there is a, there is an unchanging divine part of us that, that, is always there. Um, a great leader and author uh, once said that the most important word in the English language is the word remember. And mm-hmm. I've, and that sat with me for multiple years. And I think that if we're going to remember anything, it's remember that there is that soul, that spirit inside, regardless of what's going on outside. And as Miles defined it, I think that cultural part of ourselves, mm-hmm. that that internal spiritual part that, that divine part of us that never can truly be hurt. Um, it can only grow and expand, but it can't yeah. truly be hurt by some of these challenges yeah. that we go through. Kim, you, you also talk about, you talk about showing up um, as a common theme, but you also talk about rising up. Um, I've always been a big believer that, uh, you know, there has to be a break. There's gotta be a breaking point, a breakdown before a breakthrough. Uh, in people's lives. And, uh, you know, when, when you feel like you're breaking down, maybe you're just getting ready to break through. Maybe you have broken down and you're getting ready to break through to another perspective. But talk about that art of rising up. Uh, what does that mean to you? To me, it's, I saw it as a thread mm-hmm. with every single one of these women that I admire. And it came in every part of their story. Well, in a spit, every one of their stories had this element to it where, um, where they made a conscious choice. And I remember, I actually remember the exact moment, even in my own divorce process where it was like, okay, (laughs) I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm, I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to step forward because there is a mourning period with our trials. And I, I know firsthand that I went through my bout of it and it looks different for everyone, but mine was very isolating. I didn't know how to talk about what I was going through. I really hunkered down when I didn't have my son with me. It was, it was dark. It was really hard. Mm. And there just came a point I think time and healing and choice and books I was reading and people I was being inspired by, but eventually it has to be a personal decision. And for me, I can remember the moment where I, I, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, this isn't who I am. And this isn't how my story ends. And I'm not going to let this struggle take any more from me. And it took a lot of accountability I like, (laughs) we can, there's a lot that's like, oh, it's because of this is because of that. But when you choose to rise up, you have to take action. And that could be, you know, figuring out better habits for yourself. That could be, um, you know, showing up that oftentimes it's a lot of hard work. It's not like, 
this really happy, easy thing. You're choosing a different mindset. You're choosing to physically involve your body in a stronger way. You're choosing to be stronger, work harder, be more fervent. And, um, but those are your choices. I, there are two kinds of hard, I think in the world, and it's the heart of, of suffering because you won't change your circumstances. And then there's the heart of working really hard to change your circumstances. And you just got to choose what struggle is worth it. Both are tough. And I think you, you want. I love, I love how you talk about it as the art of rising up. It's not the science of rising up. There's, there's a scientific process to growth and improvement that if we apply certain principles, they're going to work. But the artistic aspect of it is that it's got to work for every person's life, which means that each person has to figure out what their expression is. That's the art of it. And so if I'm hearing you right, for you, there was a moment where you just said, hey, this is not who I am. I need to rise up and I need to do it right now. And then the application of that might be different for you than it is other people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how do people tap into that art of rising up inside of themselves based on what you've learned and from your own experience and then also listening to others who have done the same? Well, the first thing that comes up immediately is understanding that you and you alone are responsible for your healing. Mm. I think we oftentimes have this misconception that we want the circumstance that broke us to change so that we can heal, whether that's, I want my parents to apologize for abusing me and then I can forgive them and move forward. I can get healthy when my, you know, I, in my body, if I get use of my legs after that accident. You know, if my spouse apologizes for what they did wrong, then we can move forward and I can be happy. Like there's this idea, but I think 90% of the time (laughs) you're never going to get that from life, from people. Mm -hmm. And that can't be the reason you don't thrive. You have to rise or fall on your own accord and treat your circumstances like the neutral things that they are. And instead choose what you're going to do in any set of given circumstances. And so it's, it's first and foremost, taking responsibility. I think, I think you have to understand trauma that you've been through, understand the struggle, but, but that's, that's what that's meant for. And then you choose what you're going to do with your life. And it takes a lot of accountability and ownership and you have to be willing to do that, you can't play the victim card forever. And I'm not saying your circumstances don't matter. I'm not saying the abuse you went through doesn't matter. All of it matters. Of course it matters. But you, your healing and your life is your responsibility. So you, yeah. you have to start there. And then find the things that inspire, uplift, promote you. If that means you need to go back to school to be able to get the job that you want, then you figure out how to make that happen. If that means that, you know, you're feeling really stuck because of the trauma you went through, like you go get therapy, you go get therapy, you go get help, you understand, you take ownership and you move forward. You read the books. If your body isn't healthy and it would help if you created an exercise routine, like you do that, you get a trainer, you study it up, you learn it, you move forward. But it starts, I think, with accountability for your own life and not expecting the world to give it to you because that's just not how it works. 
yeah, whatever you want in life, you can create. But I think it's that, it, like you talked about that moment, there is an accountability piece where we have to say, okay, I know what my story is. I know what I've been through. And once you accept it, I think you have to get to that point where now you, you use the so what question. So what am I going to do? <laughs> I've experienced this. So what? What does it matter? What does it matter at this point in my life? I was talking to a friend recently who's uh, probably early to mid fifties and he was frustrated about some uh, changes in life that he wanted to make and just said, Hey, what, what, I'm I'm in my mid fifties. I feel like I've wasted so many years of my life by living a certain way. Um, And I said, okay, so what? So what are you going to do? I mean, you're probably going to live another 30 or 40 years. You're just going to live your, the rest of your life pissed off. Or are yeah. you going to say, now I know, now I've got clarity on things that I don't want. I may not have clarity fully on what I do want, yeah. but what are you going to do? Because it's all within your realm of control and realm of possibility. And I think that's so what question is, is uh, part of the, the art. What, Kim, what are some of the principles that you've seen as you've interviewed women uh, that are showing up and rising up? What are some of the common principles besides the, um, the personal accountability that you think are impactful for our listeners? Two things. I think first, um, we have to stop trying to change the past. And as silly as that sounds, I think that's, that's a surrender that people have to come to. I think we, we oftentimes rerun in our brain, whether we're conscious of it or not, just how things will look different, how they should have been different, how, um, you know, just dreaming up the past is, is being different than what it was. And so I think first, like having an acceptance of exactly what happened, what we've been through, what we experienced and where we are now. Um, and just acknowledging it and almost having like a reverence for, for what it was and what it's taught us. And I think forgiving the past and whether or not that's, um, that's a person or that's just forgiving life for, for taking your child for, um, you know, losing to an addiction or to a health situation or whatever it is, the things that were outside of our control, having genuine forgiveness for. And that was, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but that's something I've had to study a lot on and understand it because in the religious context, it didn't, it didn't quite make sense to me, but as I've studied more on it, it's something that's really become prevalent. So I do think there's this peace, there's a forgiveness for our past. And then there's, I think once you do that, you can go into creation mode is what I call it. When you really can look at your life as like a starting point instead of an ending point, like you talked about where you're reminiscing about the past and going, Oh, all these things happened. And now I'm here. It's like, no, I don't care if you have 10 more days or if you have 10 more years or 50, like it doesn't matter. You have time. We're still here on this planet. So what do you want to create? You know? And can I ask a question? Yeah. Really fast because you just, you just said something. It was really interesting. It's about not, being able to change the past. And it just hit me like an epiphany. If let's say hypothetically, you've been victimized by somebody in the past. And so you look at them through a certain perspective, but as you get older and you get more information about how people are, and then you go back and look at that person 
as being a victim of some circumstances. You change your perspective on that person, you literally have changed the past. Mm. I, yeah, I just I like it just hit degree. me. Yeah. To a certain degree, you've actually, because what you've done is changed the, the paradigmatic structure of the person or thing that hurt you. Yeah. So all of a sudden you see that person, oh, that person too was a victim of something. And yeah. he or she was acting out of that. And the minute you get that perspective, you've changed the past. Because it directly impacts how you feel in the present. Yes. Yes. And our feelings create our thoughts. And our thoughts create our actions. They create our lives. They create how we show up. Those stories that we run in our brain make a difference. And exercising Mm -hmm. your mind to think or to choose thoughts a specific way is one of the great opportunities that we have in this life of how to show up to challenges. Yeah. Yeah. You really can rewrite your history to a certain degree because the paradigm, the glasses that you see the world through, whether you're looking back, whether you're looking at your present or whether you're looking forward, um, it, uh, you know, they're all seen through a certain lens. Well, Kim, I think you've brought a lot of great wisdom to our listeners. Uh, One last question that I have for you today is if there's one message, if you could take everything you've learned through your experiences, through listening to these other empowering women, if there's one message that you could get across to our listeners today, what would it be? You have value and you are not alone. It would be, it would be that simple. Don't feel like you are alone and don't feel like you are worthless. And that is a belief and a struggle that a lot of women have either ongoing or at least at some portion in their life. And I would just encourage women to find people, a community, your family, your friends, a group where you feel loved and seen and appreciated and bathe in that, because that is what will sustain you. And, and that is your truth. When you can't see it yourself, find people that can see your worth and value and surround yourself by that because you do have value and Mm. you are worthy. Beautiful. Great message. Well, Kim Wells, I know that there's a lot more um, in you and in the messages that you are hearing and sharing. So in the future, we'd love to have you come back and share more with our listeners and maybe even dig a little bit more into this forgiveness concept uh, that you alluded to. I think that would be a great episode for us to dive into uh, down the road. But we want to thank you for jumping on. Uh, with us today. And on that note, it's time for us to wrap up another Evolve podcast. I want to thank our guest, Kim Wells, for joining us and my co-host, the Poet Laureate from Ohio, Miles Riley. (laughs) We've had a great conversation today and we hope that you, our listeners, took something with you that will help you on your personal evolution. Kim, um, you've shared some great wisdom today for people who want to hear more from you and learn more about you. What's the best way for them to contact you and get a hold of you and watch all of the great things that you're doing? The best is finding me on Instagram at finding healing within. It's under Kim Wells. Um, Shoot me a message, add your story. Honestly, I love 
highlighting incredible women. So if that's you or if that's somebody you know, please shoot me a message. Let me know their story. I'd love to highlight them and, and add them to the conversation. I love it. Well, Kim, you're doing a great work and we really appreciate you coming on and sharing just a small tidbit of what you're doing and what you've learned with our listeners. And folks, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at evolve underscore cast. Join our Facebook group and engage in discussions with other evolutionaries like Kim Wells and like yourself. Uh, this is a great forum for our uh, followers to have conversations about their personal growth and their personal evolution. And Miles, you're looking especially dapper today. Uh, how do our people uh, or how do our listeners look as good as you in your disrupt shirt? Well, we've um, <clears throat> we've dropped some great new gear. We've got now the evolving T-shirt. There's a qualitative difference between evolve and evolving. Evolving suggests the process of evolving, where evolve is just a declarative statement to evolve. So anyway, we've got that T-shirt. Um, we've got the butt coffee first, which is one of my favorites because it's something that I actually believe in. Um, <laughs> with the, the cropped hoodie. You can't start the day without your cup of joe. I cannot start my day. As a matter of fact, my coffee maker is right beside my bed. Anyway, um, we also are going international with our French-themed wear, the Coupe de Foudre, which means love at first sight or a bolt of lightning. So whichever one you believe in, the shirt fits both of that. And then we've got the uh, pun of Eiffel, uh, and I fall in love with Paris, which is kind of a play on I fell, but I Eiffel as in the Eiffel Tower. So that along with the other um, pretty much standard real men meditate, the disrupt shirts, we've got a ton of gear and, and accessories. So go on to the shop, take a look, pick up something to express how you feel about evolving. All right. Thanks, Miles. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve. Thanks for listening. Join us next week as we talk to seven-time natural Mr. Olympia and bodybuilder of the decade, Ron Williams. That's next week on the Evolve Podcast.